We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so happy to be spending a little time with you here today on Empower Radio. You know, I have to say, I've had some pretty awesome relationships in my life, and some of the most powerful, profound, and miraculous connections I've had have been with my non-human friends. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to live on a planet that did not have swimming, flying, furry, furry, feathered, and four-legged beasts. Today, I'm super excited to be talking about one of my very favorite subjects with one of my very favorite guests ever. Many would refer to him as a living legend, and I would concur. We are here with Dr. Bernie Siegel. Dr. Siegel is a medical doctor, a retired surgeon, and has been at the forefront of cancer treatment and complementary holistic health since the 70s. Bernie retired from surgery in 1989 and has since dedicated himself to humanizing the medical establishment's approach to patients and empowering individuals to play a greater role in the healing process. Dr. Siegel is a longtime and well-known proponent of alternative approaches to health, not just for the body, but also the mind and soul. He's authored groundbreaking and classic books in the field of healing entitled Love, Medicine, and Miracles, Peace, Love, and Healing, and How to Live Between Office Visits. He's also written the best-selling books, 365 Prescriptions for the Soul, Faith, Hope, and Healing, A Book of Miracles, 101 Exercises for the Soul, and 10 and others. Today, we're going to talk about his new book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, which is dedicated solely to the miracle of animals and their presence in our lives. In this book, Dr. Siegel shares stories of remarkable relationships with animals and the healing observed in people. With Bernie's guidance, readers will get an up-close and personal experience of how animals enrich lives, give hope, teach important life lessons, increase a sense of gratitude, and connect us all to the miracle of creation. So, Dr. Siegel, thank you for being here with us today on Journey to Center. My pleasure. I already have a million thoughts going through my head just from all your introductions. But Well, I'd like to hear what they are. Let's, let's all get right. this party started. <laughs> the, well, the first thing was that um, a rabbi was interpreting words. And he said the word tov is used in the Bible, but it's been translated into good. And he said good doesn't have any meaning anymore. A better way of interpreting it would be to say complete. And he went on to say, well, because if you read the Bible, you realize everything God created, God saw it was good or complete. But it doesn't say that after man. So we're here to learn lessons. Mm -hmm. And that animals are complete. They become our teachers. Uh, there's a story that goes around of, of uh, I think he was about six years old, and they were going to euthanize his dog, and the vet didn't want him to be emotionally upset and said, do you know why animals have shorter lives? And the little boy says, yes. And they all look at him like, what? That, what, what is he going to say? But he said, they know all the things it takes us so long to learn about love and forgiveness and yeah. all those things. And that's what, in a sense, leads me into the next two stories. Mm -hmm. One, I came across a poem in a book of poetry. One section was on animal poems. 
And how many people, including Lord Byron, uh, put a stone up over his dog's grave talking about all the wonderful aspects of this dog? And it says, of course, this is not a person who's buried here. The other was a poem named Rags by Edmund Vincent Cook, which I always tell everybody to look up on the Internet, C-O-O-K-E. But it broke my heart when I read it because as a physician, the ending will tell you why. But it's about starts out about a soldier who at the end of the war, they're all getting discharged, being sent home. And he wanted to take this dog named Rags home with him because Rags had saved many soldiers' lives. But he couldn't find him. So he heads home, where? Back to medical school. And he's in medical school, and he goes into a class where they have an animal cut open on the table. And he walks over, like the other students, to see. And guess who it is? Uh It's Rags. and the dog licks his hand and dies. Aww. And he says, if there's no place in heaven for a creature like that, well, I'll take my place in hell. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this in our house. We saved a rabbit, a house rabbit, that got away from one of our neighbors. And uh, I wrote a little book called Smudge Bunny because mm-hmm. how you turn a curse into a blessing. Um, you know, they end up in the woods, their lives threatened. I say they because it was Smudge and uh, Snowflake, a black and a white rabbit. Mm -hmm. And my wife is always naming everybody and picks out wonderful (laughs) names. And um, we caught them in a Habahart trap where you put food in, they go in to eat, boom, it closes. Mm -hmm. And and they became house bunnies. So the message was, hey, mom was right. Look, we were in the woods. Now look where we are. You know, (laughs) we're in a castle being fed, have our own, you know, area of the house. I mean, I, I looked up house rabbits as a society because I didn't realize, I mean, basically the rabbit's like a cat. I mean, it can mm-hmm. live in your house, use litter. Uh, oh, it was so sweet. And if I read a book on the sofa, the rabbit would jump up, grab the book in her teeth and throw it on the floor. You know, <laughs> I knew she was saying to me, hey, rub my stomach. Never mind. Pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. But the tragic part that broke my heart was because everybody warned me, you know, make sure they all know each other. You have lots of animals in your house that they don't hurt the rabbit. So after about 10 days, I left the house and I thought, hey, you didn't close the pet door in the front yard. Because the dog's inside, the rabbit's outside. And I thought, yeah, but they've been together a week and a half. They, I, You know, I know they know each other. So I didn't go back in. When I got home, poor Smudge, she had wounds and around her head. And I knew that our dog, Furphy, had grabbed her and shook her up. And uh, yes, we got veterinary care and I was taking care of her. But the same message from the poem Rags, I would be working on these little wounds. You know, as a surgeon, I couldn't leave things. I had to participate and try to help. And she would turn her head and lick my hand. And I knew damn well she was telling me, you're hurting me. And then I'd ease up. But what occurred to me is that... You know, what would a person do? Uh, They might attack you, but she never bit my finger or did anything to hurt me, just licking. Mm -hmm. But then a more important message. A few weeks later, I went out to bring her in at dusk because I didn't like leaving her. It's fenced in, but in the front yard in case some predator jumped the fence. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm looking all over the yard because I can't find her. And I may say 
uh, animal communication is another thing that we talk about in the book because consciousness, you can communicate with other people as well as animals. And one afternoon I went out to get her and she's running all over the yard, driving me nuts. And I said in my mind, why don't you let me pick you up and bring you in? And she said, you don't treat the cats that way. I thought, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? She said, you let the cats stay out in the evening. I said, because they can protect themselves, climb trees, run, you know, do things that you can't do. And after that, she never gave me a, you know, a problem. I would go out and pick her up and bring her in. But this afternoon, I couldn't find her. And I thought, where is she? And then I saw our dog, Furphy, lying there in the yard. So I went over to pet him. And where is Smudge? She was tucked under his back to hide from me so I wouldn't bring her in. And that's what impressed me. Here's, you know, someone who has assaulted her. And now they're buddies a few weeks later. Aw, I know you, you talk about how animals can teach us how to right. be more non-judgmental and live better and healthier, more loving lives. And that's yeah. a beautiful example of that. So, you know, living with them. And it also teaches you a reverence for life. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a test question. Sure. Um, after a heavy rain, you go out on the street to take a walk and you see several worms lying on the pavement. What would you do? I'd go get some gloves <laughs> and I'd pick them up and put them in the dirt where they belong. I've done that for snails. Good for Seen you. Seen them walking across the sidewalk and I pick them up and I put right. them in the, um, the bushes of the grass. I don't even get gloves. But um, I've well, been doing I don't, it. Well, I don't for the snails, but the worms are a little slimy for uh, me. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a fingernail to sort of hook it and pick it up. But um, the, I really felt that I was kind of neurotic, you know, that how I felt about saving everybody's life. Until I read this by Schweitzer, who talks about a reverence for life. He said, if you're out after the rain and you see worms, pick them up and return them to the earth. And if you see an insect in a puddle, give it a leaf to climb up on. I do that. And I know because mm -hmm. our children grew up with a zoo. I mean, the book discusses what our house was like. And this has nothing to do with the farm. We're talking about a house on an acre and a half with ducks and geese and goats in the goats. front yard. I know, it was making yeah. me laugh out loud. Turtles, yeah. chameleons, guinea pigs, quails, yeah, frogs. Everything. You would have turtle but eggs they, in your shoes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I always check the shoes every morning before I put them on. And, um, but it taught them a reverence for life. See, one of them is in law enforcement. In order for him to be in the position he's in, he had to answer yes to the question, are you capable of killing someone? That shook me up as his father, but I don't worry about him having a gun because he emailed me that he had spent a half an hour to save the life of a turtle looking for a pond because he said between classes, he went out in the street and here was this turtle. He spent half an hour to save the life of a turtle. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how they grew up with that reverence for life. Mm -hmm. And uh, if everybody, well, I don't know where I read it, but. They were thinking of making it a felony if you assaulted an animal because, you know, law enforcement realizes that the people who assault animals also assault other people. Right. Um, but if you grow up with that love, they don't even kill an insect, um, our kids. They would yell at me if I was going to swat something to carry it outside. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I love I mean, that. I thought they were a little extreme. Well, it was stressful for me because I'd come home from the hospital and they would present me with animals that needed help. Um, 
you know, I even did a cricket in the corner. We got to get it outside. (laughs) Right. I did a cesarean section on a guinea pig, whether you believe it or not, Um, because everybody in that family was suffering watching it, unable to deliver uh, all the fetuses that were inside. And, you know, I finally, again, had to sit down with the kids and say, at some point, you have to accept that death is a reality. I can't save every turtle's life and everybody else. Yeah, that's a little um, crushed. You know, the love, I mean, one other immediately that pops into my head, the, all of the eggs that we hatched were hatched in incubators. And what that does, which I didn't realize at first, was when the creatures hatched, who do they see first? Our kids. Humans, yes. So they imprint on the kids, meaning right. they see them as their parents. And one of the things that touched my heart so was all the ducks and geese, used to try to get on the school bus with our children. Because when the kids would go down to the street, uh, down the driveway, they would follow them. And, you know, the drivers of the buses knew them. I mean, they they didn't jump on the bus, but they wanted to. But uh, they wouldn't (laughs) let them. But when we had so many, we couldn't keep them in our house. My folks lived on a, a lake. So I took the ducks and geese, a whole bunch of them, and released them on their lake. And I get a phone call from my mother a few days later. The neighbors want to know something. I said, what is it? All the ducks and geese come out of the lake every time a school bus stops on our street. <laughs> looking for their people. Heart. Yeah, they're looking for family. With yeah, their, you that's know, sweet. Yeah. yeah, I lived on a lake that had wild um, ducks and geese, and I would go out there and feed them. So whenever they saw me, they would come screaming and run in my direction. And one of them would end up letting me pet him. Yep. And the goose, oh my gosh, he was my best friend in Idaho for several years until a fox got him. And that was, uh, that was some deep grief. I know uh, that. Yeah. One of our cats likes to climb our fence and get out and get loose and bring me a present. Oh you no. Know? And <laughs> I, I I've put better fences in because it broke my heart, you know, to come back to the kitchen door and lying outside was, you know, some little creature that she thought she was doing me a favor to bring Showing me Showing you her love you know, by bringing yeah. you a mouse or some such thing. Yeah. Oh, so I don't like that. I yeah, I know. I've had her in. cats do that too. It means they love you, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of heartbreaking Oh, as yeah, well. she sleeps with me. and yeah. See, that's the other thing I found fascinating, and a lot of people do too. You know, I mentioned the animal communication. They know when you need health care. Mm-hmm. And I had injured a muscle in my leg, and... Um, she was sleeping at night right on that area. Oh. And then we had another cat named Miracle who used to sit on my chest and purr if I was in bed and not feeling well. And uh, this one fellow I knew, his father was quite ill at home. And he said, I can't get the dog out of the bedroom. I have to feed him there. I have to drag him out to get him to pee or poop in the yard. And he said, I came home the other evening. The dog was in the kitchen. I knew my father was getting better because he would never have left my father's side. If he wasn't okay. Sure enough, my father was feeling better. And uh, that's that's part, you know, that connection and that love. Yeah. It helps you to heal. I know they're referred to by some healers as um, pure positive energy. They don't have free will and choice like we do. They are aligned. They are connected. They um, are are completely congruent with our creator. So they're intuitive. They're more in touch than most of us are. And I know something you say, Bernie, is that having a relationship with an animal is one of the most powerful factors in 
health and healing yeah. and maintaining well-being. So I'm sure right. you've seen that with some of your clients. Oh, there are patients. studies uh-huh. that have been done. One doctor in Australia, after people had a heart attack, he followed them for a year. And he found that if there was a dog in the house, there was a 6% mortality rate at the end of 12 months. Mm. And if there was no dog in the house, there was a 24% mortality rate. You know, and mm. I, I, you know, there are some doctors who say, well, the dog growls if you don't exercise, you know, or you're eating the wrong food. I mean, that's nonsense. Um, and, and I must say, <laughs> it's not just the dog, it's family. You know, mm-hmm. married men live longer than single men with the same cancers, have less cancer than those who are single and smoke. So the smokers who are married have better health than those who aren't. That's and, amazing. You know, and it isn't because somebody's criticizing you or telling you what to do. It's because your chemistry has changed by relationship. Yes. Petting yes. a furry creature raises bonding hormones, oxytocin, serotonin. Oh, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I get a kick. I always tell any single woman listening to this program, you want to get married, get a dog first. Because in one study, 37% of the women in the study said they married the man they met walking their dog. Oh, I love that. So, and, and you know, and anybody who has a dog knows how many people talk to you. So many more than if you're walking alone. Uh, if you have a dog with you, everybody wants to know something about the dog, you know, what breed is it and blah, blah, blah. Now that's true. Yeah, and you that's get true. into a conversation. I was just in San Francisco when I was walking along and there was this gentleman with a, a Burmese puppy and boy, was that a babe magnet. And there was another homeless guy that had these two beautiful animals. And I was like, he probably makes a pretty good living with those animals because it's like, yeah. oh, here, here, have some money to feed those gorgeous dogs. Well, <laughs> you know, they really do open people's hearts. Yeah, I think it's a personality of San Francisco. We love it there. And, um, and, and as I say, just as you are, the, the, even the homeless people are sitting there with pets and, you know, smiling at you. Uh, and it makes a connection and a difference uh, to have that happen. Oh, it really does. And I know you, you've said this. Was, this was a quote that I um, found of yours on Brainiac Quotes. You have a lot of those, <laughs> which I love. Emotions are chemical. Happy mm-hmm. people or loving people have different hormones and neuropeptides than people that are anxious and depressed. And animals can certainly um, calm our stress and relieve our anxiety and open our hearts. So they do. They change us on like a chemical foundational right. physiological um, level. Well, what I tell people all the time is, you see, if you, if you have a role model, I mean, just so you know what, the science behind this, actors were given a comedy and a tragedy, male-female actors. The comedy, immune function went up, stress hormone levels went down. The tragedy was the man murdered the woman's husband, and they meet and interact. And their immune function went down, stress hormone levels go up. So, you know... In New York, on Broadway, if you're in a tragedy through the winter, you're more likely, as an actor, to get the flu than somebody in a Mel Brooks comedy. So what That's do I tell people? It makes perfect you have sense. to act as if you're the person you want to be. Now, my role model is WWLD. Mm-hmm. What would Lassie do? So if I have a problem, I say, what would Lassie do? And then I know <laughs> the right thing to do. And I may add, there, there's so many poems uh, I often read it seriously. It, it came in an Ann Landers column in 1999, I think. And some of it is, if you can start the day without caffeine, get going without pet pills, resist 
you know, complaining and boring people with your troubles, not treat a rich friend better than a poor friend, face the world without lies and deceit, conquer tension without medical help, relax without liquor, sleep without the aid of drugs, and say honestly that deep in your heart you have no prejudice against race, religion, politics, then, my friends, you're almost as good as your dog. <laughs> and, you know, people are listening to a doctor, you know, with this list, and they are seriously nodding their heads. And then I finished that way, and the healthy ones burst out laughing. Yeah. I love that. That is that is fantastic. And I think it's accurate. You know, I, I remember being, my mom told me as a baby, like six months old, I would see a puppy or a kitten, and I would just be, she said I would look like I was in awe. I had yeah. reverence for these animals as a baby. And she goes, you don't see that all that often. I'm like, you don't? It seems like such a natural propensity. She goes, no, usually they'll want to bite them and eat them like a stuffed animal. But right. I still but, feel know, the same way about animals. It's yeah. like I look at them and my heart blows open. I know you, and, you know, work with relationships too. And I was thinking that it's, you know, like people say, oh, pit bull. You know, it's how they're brought up. Yes. And it's no different than children. That the opposite of love is indifference, I should say are, the opposites. Indifference, mm -hmm. rejection, and abuse. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, when I get so many emails and calls from people about all their troubles, and I, I don't need to ask them what was your childhood like. You know. I tell them this is about their childhood yeah. and what their parents did to them. And so, again, you know, why many lives are saved by a pet who loves you. When your mm -hmm. parents never did. But uh, you have to be able to get over that. That's yeah. why that, you know, you learn that forgiveness from the creatures. If we could, again, act like Smudge Bunny, forgiving mm -hmm. the dog who bit her, um, and, and move on with your life. Don't let the past continually be a problem. You have to, another symbol that you learn from animals, two stories. One, the ugly duckling who's rejected by his mother and thrown out of the house. He doesn't walk away cursing his mother and never, you know, feel, well, this is a quote from a woman. My mother's words were eating away at me and maybe gave me cancer. She had to get cancer to let go of her mother. But the ugly duckling didn't carry the mother with him. His mind was quiet. He was out in the world. And then when he's sitting on a still pond, he sees uh, swans. And wishes he was a swan. When he looks at the still water, he realizes I am a swan. And mm -hmm. um, Joseph Campbell used a different but similar message. A tiger dies giving birth to a little tiger. And the goats she was chasing say, well, we can't leave the kid and let it die. Let's bring it up. See, that's the beauty of the animal. So they raise the tiger. And, of course, he thinks he's a goat. He doesn't know. <laughs> Another tiger comes along one day. He says, hey, Dumbbell, what the hell are you doing here? You're a tiger. You're not a goat. Come with me. Of course, where does he take him? Campbell says to the still pond, be the meditation, the quiet mind. Mm -hmm. And I always say that to people. You want to know who you are, what your life is about? Quiet your mind. Yes. Then you see the reflection. Then you see the truth. But while you're living, you know, the abuse, you're ugly, you're a mess, you're never going to accomplish anything. I mean, mm -hmm. I know people who said, my parents committed suicide. I must have been a failure as a child. Right, they I mean, take it How would you like to carry that for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah it's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, get out of the mind and get to the heart. That's exactly why I do this right. show, Journey to Center. It's about centering our awareness in our heart and spending more time in that place of stillness and love. 
You know? Let your heart make up your mind. I love that. A wonderful yeah, sentence. Let, let the mind be in service to the heart yeah. instead I of the other way around. That being a lawyer is a serious illness. <laughs> and, you know, people look at you. I say because they're taught to think. Here's a quote from a lawyer that you'd never hear from an animal. I came to a conclusion that was eminently reasonable, totally logical, and completely wrong. Because while learning to think, I almost forgot how to feel. Mm, See, in the midst beautiful. of a tragedy, yeah, I've had men sit in my office say, there's no point in living, I can't work anymore. And their wife and children are sitting next to them. That should be the m- number one reason, the love, yeah. the relationship. The I would just point. I'd say, what about the three people to your left? It's <laughs> like I hit them in the head with a mallet, you know, <laughs> that that because they were human doings, not beings. And again, yeah. the animals. And the society can raise them to be yeah. such. But this is why I love you so much, Bernie. You have such an open heart. And I can't believe that I love you even more than I did before we did this show because it was already a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just have about a minute here, and I want people to know how to get a hold of you and get a copy of this amazing book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, Inspiring True Stories, Stories Celebrating the Healing Bond. Where can I get this? Well, Where can they get the easiest me? way is go to my website, BernieSiegelMD.com, BernieSiegelMD.com. As a matter of fact, um, our family has a store called Wisdom of the Ages. Dot biz, B-I-Z. You could order things directly through them. But even through my website, TheBernieSiegelMD.com, uh, you'll see them and you can order there. And I might as well give you a gift because if, there's something called a comment box. And if you put in a number 36, you'll get a discount on anything you purchase. Oh, I love that. 36. And if, you, and if you talk to anybody, just tell them Bernie said your family. Aww. Our family knows if they hear that. <laughs> it's time for a like deep those, discount. Right? <laughs> well, Bernie, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. I'm so excited you said yes, and I'm so excited to get you on another show. You are truly one of God's finest, and I adore you with my whole heart. Well, what you see in others is within you, so bless you, Danny. Oh, thank you, sweet thing. And to my listeners, thank you for spending time with us. I'd love to be in touch with you. Go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, spelled with an I. Be in touch. This is about relationship and heart connection. Nothing is more important than that from my perspective. So God bless you onward and upward. Take good care of yourself. Bye for now.